the truth. We live in a culture of my truth. Everybody got a truth they are trying to live out of. People take what they perceive to be truth and build a whole case on what they believe. It doesn't matter if they have all the facts or not, only that they have their truth. And I guess that'd be okay if they lived on the planet by themselves, but they don't. They live with the rest of us and our understanding of truth should be factored into their equation. But that's not how people work. We live selfishly, only thinking about our struggle and not our neighbor. The concept of my truth is inherent of the idea that what is going on with me has nothing to do with you. But that's simply not true. And here's why. The truth you know is built on the truth we all live. Our lives are not arbitrary meteors that collide every now and then. We are a part of humanity, which means we are forever bound by the same struggle with the same tendencies. So then your truth exists because of what we are collectively as a people. The knowledge you gain is the knowledge we all share. But what if... What if now your truth is built on half-truths, which would make them whole lies? Half-truths have done far more damage than an outright lie ever has, because they hide behind the possibility of it being partially true, which gives it a certain measure of righteous power, if you will. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, Satan comes to him three times with instances seeking to pervert the truth of what Jesus knew. But Jesus understood the real truth of the scriptures. Satan quoted and responded with heavenly wisdom. The first time Satan says, <clears throat> if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. First of all, Satan knew that Jesus was the bread of life. But to turn the stones into bread would defeat the purpose of the fast in the wilderness, which was to give Jesus strength to finish what he started. And secondly, it would have been done at the suggestion of God's enemy. Jesus responds. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Notice how Jesus responds to Satan's truth with the real truth. The word of God is what we live by. The next time Satan comes to Jesus, he takes him up to a high mountain and says, All this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I can give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. First, he has authority, but it is not all authority. Jesus is already in charge of everything. You can't give somebody something they already own. And secondly, worship only belongs to God. That is why Satan got kicked out of heaven in the first place. Here is how Jesus responded to that instance. He says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And lastly, Satan takes Jesus up to another level. And he says to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Satan knew that Jesus was the son of God. There was no doubt at all about that fact. However, if he could get Jesus to operate in his truth, then Jesus ceased to be liberated by the truth he knew. He would be in bondage to Satan's agenda and jeopardize his mission from the father. So here's a question. 
Why would Jesus put himself in danger when he was already safe? To jump off of a perfectly good mountain would have been not only stupid, but he would have we, he would have supplied an already overinflated ego with more to gloat about. Jesus puts a stop to the antics of Satan by adjusting any misunderstanding he may have had about what truth really was. He says, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. That's the truth of any situation. To operate in our truth is to tempt the Lord our God with a notion that is at best a feeble effort to live without him. Our truth is built in presupposition and finite preferences. It is humanity's attempt to resolve questions with partial information without divine insight and wisdom. Whenever Jesus responded to Satan, he always responded with the truth of God's word. Jesus was the living word and Satan needed to be reminded that his truth was not the real truth. It was factual, but not transforming. Truth liberates and illuminates. It eventually changes everything for the better. As we look at the situations of our day, we need a good dose of truth. Yeah, we need a good dose of the truth, not the truth of the world, but the truth of God in the world. The Bible says in John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Prior to that, Jesus says to his disciples in verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. As Christians of any color, we must abide in God's word. To abide in the word of God is to operate in truth, which in turn sets or makes us free. The truth that will set us all free is, listen, we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all mistreated somebody somewhere at some time with malicious intent. The problems we face as a culture are not new. They are systemic to the human condition. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And while some blame others for the condition of their life, the truth of the matter is that we are all guilty of not being our brother and sister's keeper. We are wrong for hurting one another and we are wrong for not having mercy when someone has hurt us and needs to be forgiven. Compassion and mercy run both ways. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God was hurt and enraged by our rebellion against his goodwill and blessing for our lives. Yet, despite his pain, he sends Christ to die so that we could be better together, that we could be together again because being together is better than being apart. He knew we were guilty, but love said, I can't stay separated from what I love and created. See, our problem is what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. As a nation, we have become lovers of ourselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, no self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, proud, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We have a form of godliness but deny God's power to change who we are as a nation. We are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because to accept the truth is to denounce our truth. It means we are inadequate and that goes against our prideful nature. 
If we want to be whole as a nation, if we want to live in harmony and love, if we want to sit down at the table of brother and sisterhood, we must remember to abide in the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. He is the only truth that matters. He died so that we might be called the children of God and family in him. He rose that no grave thought or action could hold our lives or this body we live in down. So here's my final question. What will you die to and for that we all may be one? I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail in Marshville, North Carolina. And you've been listening to Soul Food. Thank you.